0: As the boys had said, my pap hadn't been seen for more than a year, and that was fine by me. I didn't want to see him ever again. He used to get angry at me and cuff me with the back of his hand, though I used to hide in the woods most of the time when he was around. Some people even said he died, but I did not believe them. I believed the old man would turn up again, but I wished he wouldn't. The boys and I played robbers now and then for about a month. Then... I quit. All the boys did. We hadn't robbed anybody, only pretended. We used to hop out of the woods and go charging down on people in carts who were taking plants and animals to market. But we never robbed any of them. Tom called the hogs gold treasure, and he called the turnips and stuff jewelry, and we would go to the cave and talk about what we had done. I just couldn't see any profit in it three or four months had passed and it was well into winter now. I had been to school. I could spell and read and write a little and I could say the multiplication table up to six times seven is 35. I did think I could get higher than that if I lived forever. At first I hated the school but by and by I found I could stand it. Whenever I got too tired of it I played hooky. The problem that The trouble that it would bring the next day cheered me up. I was getting sort of used to the widow's ways, too, and they weren't so hard on me. Living in a house and sleeping on bed were a little uncomfortable. Before the cold water came, I would slip out and sleep in the woods sometimes, and that was restful for me. I liked the old ways best, but I was beginning to like the new ones a bit, too. The widow said I was coming along and doing well. She said she wasn't ashamed of me. One morning, I happened to knock over the salt shaker breakfast, which was bad luck. It made me terribly nervous and worried. It felt I felt so bad that I had to go for a walk to try to figure out how to keep off the bad luck. I knew something would happen. I went down to the front garden and climbed over a fence. There was an inch of new snow on the ground, and I saw somebody's footprints. This person had come up from the quarry and stood around for a while. Then he went back around the garden fence. It was strange that he hadn't come in or knocked on the door after standing around like that. I was curious. I was going to follow the tracks, but then I bent down to look at them closer. There was a cross in the left boot heel made with big nails, A sign to keep off the devil. It was something I recognized from my pap's shoes. I started running as fast as I could. I looked over my shoulder now and then, but I didn't see anybody. I was at Judge Thatcher's as quickly as I could get there. He asked if I would come for some of the money he was keeping for me. No, sir, I said. I don't want it at all. I want you to take it. I want to give it to you. The six down and everything else. You looked surprised, and I couldn't figure out why. Please take it, I said, and don't ask me anything. Then I won't have to tell any lies. It took some convincing. At least he made me sign a piece of paper. He said it would mean I had given in all my money and property. Then I left to find Miss Watson's slave, Jim, who had some magic items that were supposed to be able to tell the future. He knew all about good and bad luck. I told Jim that my pap was here again and I had found his tracks in the snow. I wanted to know what he was going to do and how long he was going to stay. Jim took an old hair bow that had that that... It come from a bowl, which he said was supposed to be magic. It was as big as a fist. Jim said it had a spirit inside. He shook it, listened to it, dropped it on the floor. He did this again and again, and then he put his ear against it to listen. He said it wouldn't talk without money. I had an old fake quarter and asked if the hairball couldn't tell the difference. Jim said it probably couldn't. So we cleaned up my quarter and put it underneath the hairball. He listened to it one more time and said it was ready to tell my fortune. Your old father doesn't know yet what he's going to do, Jim said. Sometimes he thinks he'll go away and then he thinks he'll stay. The best is to rest easy and let the old man make his way. But you are all right. You're going to have a great trouble in your life and great joy. Sometimes you're going to get hurt and sometimes you're going to get sick. But every time, you're going to get well again. You should keep away from the water as much as you can. And don't take any risks. I left feeling a little better, but still mighty nervous. Well, I didn't have to wait too long. When I lit my candle and went up to my room that night, there sat my pap. I shut the door, and when I turned around, there he was. I used to be scared of him all the time because of how badly he treated me. I guess I was a little scared right then, too. But after after I got over the surprise of seeing himself suddenly, I realized I wasn't scared of him very much at all. He was almost 50, and he looked it. His hair was long, tangled, and greasy. It hung down and you could see his eyes shining through like he was behind some vines. It was all black, no gray. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, retold from the Mark Twain original. Chapter 4 A Discovery. Get up! What are you doing? It was after sunrise and I had been sound asleep. Pap was standing over me looking sour and sick. He said, what are you doing with this gun? I realized he didn't know anything about what he had been doing last night. So I said, somebody tried to get in. I was waiting for him. Why didn't you wake me up? I tried, but I couldn't. I couldn't budge you well all right don't stand there all day go out and see if there's a fish on the line for breakfast he unlocked the door and i ran out to the river bank. i noticed some tree branches and things floating downstream so i knew the river had begun to rise i walked along the bank and saw a canoe a beauty too about 13 or 14 feet long i jumped into the water head first clothes on and all, and swam for it. At first, I thought my Pap would be glad to see the canoe. It would be worth $10 at least. But when I got to shore, Pap wasn't in sight. Just then, I had another idea. I decided to hide the canoe. Then, instead of hiding in the woods when I ran away, I could go down the river about 50 miles and camp in one place for good. I was pretty close to the cabin by this time. I kept thinking I could hear the old man coming, but I was finally able to get the canoe hidden. Then I saw my pap down the path. He was aiming the gun at some birds in the distance. He hadn't seen anything. While my pap and I rested after breakfast, I tried to keep think of a way to keep him and the widow away from trying to follow me. That would be better than just hoping that I could get away before they noticed I was gone. I couldn't figure it out for a while, but by and by, pap sat up to drink some water and said, The next time a man comes prowling around here, you wake me up, you hear? And that man was up to no good. The next time... You better wake me up. Then he lay down and fell asleep. What he said gave me the very idea I wanted. I could fix it so nobody would ever think of following me. At about noon, we got up and walked along the bank. The river was rising pretty fast and lots of driftwood was going by. Pretty soon, along came the part of a raft. Nine logs tied together. We went out and pulled it ashore. Pap wanted to head right to town and sell the logs, so he locked me in the cabin, took our little boat, and started towing the raft. It must have been around half past three. I didn't think he would come back that night. I waited until I thought he was far enough away, and then I went back to work with my saw. I was out of the cabin before he was on the other side of that river. It took, I took all of our supplies to the canoe: the cornmeal, side of bacon, all the coffee and sugar, and the ammunition. I took the bucket and gourd, a dipper, a tin cup, my old saw, two blankets, the skillet, and the coffee pot. I also took fish lines, matches, and a few other things. Everything that was worth a cent. I cleaned out the plate place. I wanted an axe, but there was only one and I had a special plan for it. Finally, I packed up the gun. I covered up the tracks I had made and patched up the hole that I had cut in the back of the cabin. I stood on the riverbank and looked out over the river, all safe. Then I took the axe and smashed in the door. It was all part of my plan. I beat it and hacked at it a lot. Then I poured in some old pig's blood all over, around and dragged a sack full of rocks along the ground towards the river. That left a gruesome looking tracks, as look as if a body had been dragged. I wish Tom Sawyer was here. I knew he would have been interested in this kind of business and thrown in some fancy touches. Next, I pulled out some of my hair. I made sure the axe was covered with the pig's blood and struck these bits of hair to the axe. I threw the axe into the corner of the cabin, Then I thought of one more thing. I took the sack of cornmeal, tore a small hole in it, and left the trail going in the other direction from my canoe. I carried the sack through the grass to a shallow lake. I dropped the stone that Pat used to sharpen his knife there, too, as if it was left by accident. Then I tied up the hole in the sack and the cornmeal and brought it back to the canoe. It was about dark now, so I moved the canoe down the river until some willows had hung over the bank and waited for the moon to rise. I ate a bit and lay down in the canoe to think of a plan. I said to myself, they will follow the tracks to the shore and look in the river for me. Then they'll follow that trail of cornmeal to the lake and search all around here. They'll think a robber killed me and took all the things. They won't ever look for anything but my dead body. They'll soon be tired of that, and then they won't look for me anymore. I decided to hide out on Jackson's Island. I knew the place pretty well, and nobody ever went there. Then I could paddle up to town at night, slink around, and pick up things I wanted. I was pretty tired and soon fell asleep. When I woke up, I didn't know where I was for a minute. I sat up and looked around, a little scared. Then I remembered. The river looked miles and miles across. The moon was so bright that I could have counted all the logs that drifted along, black and still. Everything was dead quiet. It looked late. It even smelled late, if you know what I mean i don't know any other words to describe it i yawned and stretched and was about to unhitch when i started paddling when i heard a sound on water i listened and pretty soon i made it out it was that dull regular kind of sound that comes from oars moving in the water when it's still night i peeped out the willow branches, and there it was, a little boat away across the water. I couldn't tell how many people were in it, and kept coming. When it got closer, I saw there was only one man in it. I thought it might be Pap, even though I wasn't expecting him. Soon he came so close, I could have reached out and touched him. Sure enough, it was Pap. I didn't lose any time, in a minute, I was moving the canoe quietly down the river. I got a few miles away, then moved to the middle of the river. Pretty soon, I'll be passing the ferry landing, and people might see me if I got too close. I got out among the driftwood. Then I lay down in the bottom of the canoe so no one see me and just let it float. I laid there and had a good rest, looking away into the sky. There wasn't a cloud in it. The sky looks ever so deep when you lie down on your back in the moonlight. I never know that before. And how far a person can hear on water. I heard people talking at the ferry landing. I heard what they said, too. Every word of it. One man said the days were getting longer now, the nights shorter. Another said that this wasn't one of the short ones, and then they laughed. I heard one man say that it was nearly three o'clock in the morning. After that, the talk got, got farther and farther away. I couldn't make out the words anymore, but I could hear the mumble and now and then a laugh, too. But it all seemed a long way off. After a while, I sat up. There was Jackson's Island, covered with trees and looking big, dark, and solid like a steamboat, without any lights, It didn't take me long to get there. I paddled the canoe into the section of the bank that I knew about. I hid among the willow branches. When I was done, nobody could have seen a canoe from the outside. I went and sat on a log at the head of the island. I looked down on the big river and the big driftwood. At the town a few miles away, there were three or four lights twinkling. A very big lumber raft was about a mile upstream. It was coming downstream and I had and I and I had a lantern in the middle of it. I watched it come creeping down. When it was nearby I heard a man say Stern oars there, move her to starboard. I heard it just as clearly as if the man was at my side. There was a little grey in the sky now. So I stepped into the woods and laid down for a nap before breakfast. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, retold from the Mark Twain original. Chapter 4 A Discovery Get up! What are you doing? It was after sunrise, and I had been sound asleep. Pap was standing over me looking sour and sick. He said, "'What are you doing with this gun?' I realized he didn't know anything about what he had been doing last night, so I said, "'Somebody tried to get in. I was waiting for him.'" "'Why didn't you wake me up?' "'I tried, but I couldn't. I couldn't budge you.'" "'Well, all right.'" Don't stunned there all day. Go out and see if there's a fish on the line for breakfast. He unlocked the door and I ran out to the riverbank. I noticed some tree branches and things floating downstream, so I knew the river had begun to rise. I walked along the bank and saw a canoe, a beauty too, about 13 or 14 feet long. I jumped into the water headfirst, clothes on and all, and swam for it. At first, I thought my Pap would be glad to see the canoe. It would be worth $10 at least. But when I got to shore, Pap wasn't in sight. Just then, I had another idea. I decided to hide the canoe. Then, instead of hiding in the woods when I ran away, I could go down the river about 50 miles and camp in one place for good. I was pretty close to the cabin by this time. I kept thinking... I could hear the old man coming, but I was finally able to get the canoe hidden. Then I saw my pap down the path. He was aiming the gun at some birds in the distance. He hadn't seen anything. While my pap and I rested after breakfast, I tried to keep think of a way to keep him and the widow away from trying to follow me. That would be better than just hoping that I could get away before they noticed I was gone. I couldn't figure it out for a while, but by and by, Pop sat up to drink some water and said, the next time a man comes prowling around here, you wake me up, you hear? That man was up to no good. The next time, you better wake me up. Then he lay down and fell asleep. What he said gave me the very, idea I wanted. I could fix it so nobody would ever think of following me. At about noon, we got up and walked along the bank. The river was rising pretty fast and lots of driftwood was going by. Pretty soon, along came the part of a raft. Nine logs tied together. We went out and pulled it ashore. Cap wanted to head right to town and sell the logs, so he locked me in the cabin, took her little boat, and started towing the raft. It must have been around half past three. I didn't think he would come back that night. I waited until I thought he was far enough away, and then I went back to work with my saw. I was out of the cabin before he was on the other side of that river. It took, I took all of our supplies to the canoe: the cornmeal, side of bacon, all the coffee and sugar, and the ammunition. I took the bucket and gourd, a dipper, a tin cup, my old saw, two blankets, the skillet, and the coffee pot. I also took fish lines, matches, and a few other things. Everything that was worth a cent. I cleaned out the plate place. I wanted an axe, but there was only one and I had a special plan for it. Finally, I packed up the gun. I covered up the tracks I had made and patched up the hole that I had cut in the back of the cabin. I stood on the riverbank and looked out over the river, all safe. Then I took the axe and smashed in the door. It was all part of my plan. I beat it and hacked at it a lot. Then I poured in some old pig's blood all over, around and dragged a sack full of rocks along the ground towards the river. That left a gruesome looking tracks, as look as if a body had been dragged. I wish Tom Sawyer was here. I knew he would have been interested in this kind of business and thrown in some fancy touches. Next, I pulled out some of my hair. I made sure the axe was covered with the pig's blood and struck these bits of hair to the axe. I threw the axe into the corner of the cabin, Then I thought of one more thing. I took the sack of cornmeal, tore a small hole in it, and left the trail going in the other direction from my canoe. I carried the sack through the grass to a shallow lake. I dropped the stone that Pat used to sharpen his knife there, too, as if it was left by accident. Then I tied up the hole in the sack and the cornmeal and brought it back to the canoe. It was about dark now, so I moved the canoe down the river until some willows had hung over the bank and waited for the moon to rise. I ate a bit and lay down in the canoe to think of a plan. I said to myself, he'll follow the tracks to the shore and look in the river for me. Then they'll follow that trail of cornmeal to the lake and search all around here. They'll think a robber killed me and took all the things. They won't ever look for anything but my dead body. They'll soon be tired of that, and then they won't look for me anymore. I decided to hide out on Jackson's Island. I knew the place pretty well, and nobody ever went there. Then I could paddle up to town at night, slink around, and pick up things I wanted. I was pretty tired and soon fell asleep. When I woke up, I didn't know where I was for a minute. I sat up and looked around, a little scared. Then I remembered. The river looked miles and miles across. The moon was so bright that I could have counted all the logs that drifted along, black and still. Everything was dead quiet. It looked late. It even smelled late, if you know what I mean. I don't know any other words to describe it. I yawned and stretched and was about to unhitch when I started paddling when I heard a sound on water. I listened and pretty soon I made it out. It was that dull, regular kind of sound that comes from oars moving in the water when it's still night. I peeped out. the willow branches, and there it was, a little boat away across the water. I couldn't tell how many people were in it, and kept coming. When it got closer, I saw there was only one man in it. I thought it might be Pap, even though I wasn't expecting him. Soon he came so close, I could have reached out and touched him. Sure enough, it was Pap. I didn't lose any time. In a minute, I was moving the canoe quietly down the river. I got a few miles away, then moved to the middle of the river. Pretty soon, I'll be passing the ferry landing, and people might see me if I got too close. I got out among the driftwood. Then I lay down in the bottom of the canoe so no one see me, and just let it float. I laid there and had a good rest, looking away into the sky. There wasn't a cloud in it. The sky looks ever so deep when you lie down on your back in the moonlight. I never known that before. And how far a person can hear on water. I heard people talking at the ferry landing. I heard what they said, too. Every word of it. One man said the days were getting longer now, the nights shorter. Another said that this wasn't one of the short ones, and then they laughed. I heard one man say that it was nearly three o'clock in the morning. After that, the talk got, got farther and farther away. I couldn't make out the words anymore, but I could hear the mumble and now and then a laugh, too. But it all seemed a long way off. After a while, I sat up. There was Jackson's Island, covered with trees and looking big, dark, and solid like a steamboat without any lights, It didn't take me long to get there. I paddled the canoe into the section of the bank that I knew about. I hid among the willow branches. When I was done, nobody could have seen a canoe from the outside. I went and sat on a log at the head of the island. I looked down on the big river and the big driftwood. At the town a few miles away, there were three or four lights twinkling. A very big lumber raft was about a mile upstream. It was coming downstream, and I had and I and I had a lantern in the middle of it. I watched it come creeping down. When it was nearby, I heard a man say, "Stern oars there. Move her to starboard." I heard it just as clearly as if the man was at my side. There was a little gray in the sky now. So I stepped into the woods and laid down for a nap before breakfast.